Shalom. Welcome back to Spirit Living. Uh, Kale, there was a, an exciting announcement since last we spoke here on the podcast. What's that? Well, we had a little party at your house. We did. With a lot of people there. Uh, and one special guest as well who we, we found a little bit more information about. Yep, I guess there's probably a lot of people have already heard this news mm-hmm. by the time this is going to come out, mm-hmm. but it is a boy, so we can officially go. say it's a boy. His name is going to be Henry John, first and middle name. So Yeah, and John, named after our grandpa, John, who's been on the podcast, so... Yep, that's where that comes from. That was the easy. That was the easy part of the naming process. So um, Henry is just a name that we both liked. So that's what we went with. So I know you have a really good friend named Henry that you grew up with. So you'll have to separate, um, <laughs> and Henry John will have to be his own person. A little bit of re- rewiring of the brain, but I think that should be no problem. I think it'll be smooth. He won't be the first Henry out there, you know. But see, I am like, my name is just kind of off the wall. Like, it's just a little, it's not weird. I'm not, I'm not trying to, but you know, you don't hear my name very often. Mm -hmm. And, you know, every time you go up to like the order place and you say, they ask for a name, you say, Kale, I feel like they look at me weird. So I really didn't want my kid to have to experience that all the time. (laughs) Like, you go to Chick fil A and. You know, they can't ever spell your name right, and they think you're a vegetable. Yeah. And, you know, there's just like, you know, it's it's just not very common. So, yeah. I feel like it's not the most common name, but it's... I think it's a good it's choice. It's a good choice. Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. People think that I'm something that grows on the side of marshes, like, because I was ordering actually at Chick-fil-A earlier today, and this I said my name. She's like, R-E-E-D? I'm like, yeah. It's just, just do it. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. It's easier that way. The other thing is that I've had to explain to like Emily is, you know, Emily, there's like 5,000 Emily's, yeah. right? Um, She'll go to like Chick-fil-A or something or wherever and they'll ask for a name and she'll say Emily. And I'm like, you really need to come up with like a different name because you're going to mess up one day and there's going to be like four Emily's trying to get their yeah. food at the same time. And it's going to be really confusing. Yeah. I'm surprised it hasn't happened yet, really. <laughs> Cause she will do that, and I'm like, you need to like last name or just come up with a name. I don't something. Yeah, I have a a friend who has a common first name, and when he when he orders like at a Chick Fil A, he'll use his last name instead, and his last name is Cherry. So he goes up there and they ask, <laughs> "What's your name?" and he says, "Cherry." And they always, I've seen him do it many times. They always give him a very puzzled look. <laughs> Cherry. Yeah, I think they're just messing That's with you. Um, yeah. Because you know it's funny. Like yeah. all the high schoolers come in there and come up with the most off the wall dumb <laughs> names and they ha- just because to make them type it into the computer. Yeah. But, you know, it's funny. There's got to be alternatives. If you were to have a different name, what would you, uh, what would you choose? Uh, I'm not. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have a clue. <laughs> I guess Henry, because that's what we're naming ourselves. You like it. Yeah. You like it. Yeah. Well, that's fair. So that exciting announcement happened over the last time since we've recorded. So you were right or wrong? I was right. Whole time. From the you beginning. Right. From like the day we found out. Yeah. I had always basically said that it was going to be a boy. But then I had to like, you know, 
come in at the rear end of all of this and say, you know, I, I'm kind of thinking it might be a girl. Yeah. Because then I could say, you know, I knew both ways because I had exactly. both of my bases covered. Exactly. No matter what happened, you were right. Exactly. It's a really, it was a good strategic <laughs> <That's>, move. <laughs> that's the way Kale wants it to be. But no, I think Emily was, we, we had said boy from the very beginning, so. And now it's official. That's exciting. How did it feel to announce it to the to the world? Because you had to keep that a secret for a little while. Yeah, it's good, you know. I, no more uh, secrets to keep now, which is good because that's been the hardest part of the whole process. You know, we had to keep secrets when we found out, and then we had to keep secrets again. Uh, so that's not the fun part. No. And now we're less than four months away yeah we still got lots of uh, chores (laughs) to do and they're piling up more and more and i keep putting them off more and more and at some point we're gonna have to flip the switch and the clock keeps ticking down (laughs) it'll get done i keep reminding him i keep reminding everybody i mean let's just talk about this for a second Mm -hmm. okay we we completely gutted a house and put it back together in like five months, just working after, just working after work and stuff on on the weekends. Yeah, and that's an entire house. We just got to do like one closet. I mean, I think we could handle it. I, I think but you can handle it's it. It's the motivation factor that's, that's kind of lacking. Problem. Yeah, because you've been looking at that closet for a long time. No, it gives me <laughs> nightmares every time I look at it. You know, there's an easy solution to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll pay somebody to do it. <laughs> well, that works too. <laughs> just <laughs> fixing the closet feels like that would. Maybe we just get like nightmares. a like a shower rod. We could just put a shower because for background like the baby door is safe. For some reason, we did not put we did not finish that closet door. It's just a big, which is now the opening the baby's room. Yeah, yeah. We just left it open because we were trying to move in quickly, so we didn't have to rent and pay a mortgage at the same time and uh yeah it it just did not get done in the extra bedroom so there's just an open closet there and we've got to put some kind of big door on it and doors are terrible to install so it's just kind of been that way so i'm just thinking yeah shower rod would look really good up there until they slide it across space saving you know until he grabs the curtain at the bottom yanks and then it comes down well we can we can screw it in <laughs> i think we need to work on your uh baby proofing abilities yeah i guess we gotta we gotta get started on on some of those things we got a little while till he could start maneuvering but uh i'm sure there'll be many stories plenty so stay tuned. Come this summer uh, after you take a presumed paternity leave from our from the podcast. Yeah, you're probably not going to want to hear from me for those weeks because I don't know how, how awake I will be. We'll record a few extras long before <laughs> that I'll happens. Be, uh, yeah, you might hear some snoring on the podcast. Yeah, there'll probably be a fair bit of that in those days, but they're still a little ways away. You have some time to prepare. It'll be just fine, right? Uh, it'll work out somehow. <laughs> yeah, somehow, one way or another. Well, we are in the throes of Galatians. Uh, we, we talked about Galatians 5 last time, uh, the first 15 verses. We didn't finish the chapter, 
we saved the big section at the end that's quite famous and we've kind of uh named the podcast after the second half of the section we saved that for now and here we are here we are um we've been kind of building up to it i guess uh Mm -hmm. but we have talked about this before if you go way 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 back we have talked about it but uh i guess we'll talk about it again a little bit here um i don't know how in depth we're gonna get you could get you know we could do a whole podcast on it if we wanted um you do a whole podcast a whole on each of the fruit of the spirit. Like yeah. that feels like something that we could easily do. Yeah. Right. <laughs> maybe um, we've maybe we've done it. <laughs> so yeah, I guess we'll just kind of skim through here and and talk a little bit and see where we go. Yeah, and it's neat to read it having gone through the whole book up until this point because we've established so much about the law and how that's not where our um, identity is found. It's not the the whole point. It's not from the law so spending all of that time kind of setting it up it's neat to read this big section so here we go but i say walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh for the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh for these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do but if you are led by the spirit you are not under the law now the works of the flesh are evident Sexual morality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. So it is neat to read that section, like I mentioned, after establishing everything that's happened um, how we are not under the law. And finally, we have this huge distinction between things that are essentially under the law. So like it talks about the flesh versus the spirit, has that big dis- distinction dichotomy. But verse 18 says, if you're led by the spirit, you're not under the law. So it's kind of this distinction between being under the laws we've established versus being of the spirit. And Living under a law does not provide the fruit that the Holy Spirit provides. All of those good and godly qualities are not gained from following a set of rules. Yeah, I mean, like we've talked about before, the law is just there to point out all the all of our shortcomings, really. Um, yeah. that, that's the main purpose of that whole thing is to show we need a Savior, we need somebody to come and be an intermediary for us because we're not good enough to do it. And yeah, if, if I'm just going to try to go through laws, if I'm trying to go through a bunch of sets of rules, then what am I always, I'm always going to mess up. I'm always going to fall into what's natural. I don't have anything to help me. I don't have the helper, which is the Holy spirit. Yeah. I, um, I'm just going to do kind of what my sinful nature does 
And then yeah. looking back on it, you can see all the all, all of my shortcomings. But basically it's saying that you've got to have the Holy Spirit's giving you that that something that that interjects into you to be able to do good and be free from just always looking back on hindsight 2020 on everything. Yeah, we've we've been set free, which is what we talked about last time. Like the earlier in the chapter, it talks all about freedom and what the the freedom is, and it's freedom like you're mentioning, not to be enslaved the past or even to look back into the past, but instead we're freed. And what I think is interesting is that like in verse 13, which we talked about last time, where it says you were called to freedom. Don't use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love, serve one another. I think it's interesting that freedom and love are connected there. For sure, because I think without one, you don't have the other. Without God's love, we there would be no freedom. Without the cross, we wouldn't be free. Wouldn't be free from the law, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, we wouldn't be free from our flesh. And then the other way around would be without a God that allows us to be free to do and make choices on our own, is he really a God of love? And that's a really deep question for that people can ask. But if, if we were just under a God that everything is pre-programmed, then are we really free? And is it genuine love? Too. Exactly. I think, I think so this is a really deep question you could yeah. ask. There's been debates and debates and debates about that. Yeah. But to me, it's just, it goes both ways. I don't know if I'm making any sense right now, yeah. but it, it goes both ways. Yeah, it does. And I think that's, that's how love can be genuine through those things, through... I guess what I'm trying to say is that, is it really love if God is just controls you to the point that he's forcing you to love him. Yeah. Or is it love when you choose him and he chooses you? Yeah. If he's just forcing you to do it, then is that really love? And that's what I'm trying to say by this. He's he's given us a choice. We have the choice to follow him. And that's something that he's given us. Yeah. I think you can see it in love just between people too like you can see that those principles because i don't know it seems like some of the greatest and most important loves are like the undeserved ones like when you still mess up that's i think that's why we like the the story of the prodigal son so much because he messed up so much he squandered everything and yet the father came out ran to him embraced him then that was clearly an act of love and that's some of the strongest love because he didn't deserve it that's what grace is as well and so having that ability to choose like we're talking about i think that can provide for some of the strongest loves because it's choosing even when we don't deserve it that's how we feel god's love because we don't deserve it and yet he chooses to love us anyway yes that um for sure that's a that's a very good point and I guess we'll go back because we kind of went backwards, but um, going back to verse uh, 16 and just kind of starting this passage, it's talking about uh, let the Holy Spirit guide our lives. 
then you won't be doing what your what your sinful nature craves. Your sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. So I guess that whole passage there from 16 to the end of the section in my Bible, which is 18, which is 18, is talking about that. What's A lot of the times what feels easy is our flesh. And I think that's what I get a lot out of this is, especially before you become a mature Christian and you get to discern what the Holy Spirit is telling you to do, it seems like you still have that like sinful nature voice in the back of your head. Mm. Um, And we always do. But as we grow, you learn to kind of hear the other side of your brain more. The one and that's growing, which is the Holy Spirit. And you can hear that one clearer and clearer the longer you're in the Word, the longer you're praying, the longer all that. Yeah. It becomes more evident what to do and to let the Holy Spirit guide your life. Because I think it's probably kind of discouraging for a lot of people when they first come to know when they first come to know the Lord. Because they kind of you know, they have that encounter. And then they go back to their regular walk, their regular life, and it's easy for things to just kind of fall back into a rut, right? And that's why it's just so important to have people alongside you and and kind of keeping you on that path, Yeah. especially at the beginning. Uh, It is for your whole life, but especially in that beginning to get you kind of jump-started in the right direction Mm -hmm. Um, because it's so easy... To hear that other voice still, I think. It's still it's still a very loud and prominent thing. Letting the Holy Spirit guide our lives, it, to me it's not something that happens overnight, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah it's a process. It's a sanctification process, and it's, um, it's learning how to walk with the Holy Spirit. Like verse 25 says, if we live by the Spirit, let's also keep in step with the Spirit. So it's learning to walk. And when you walk beside somebody, there is kind of an adjustment period where you figure out how they're walking, how fast they're walking, and you just kind of have to adjust and conform to the way that they are walking as well. And that's the image that God is using. It's us and the Holy Spirit. And I think it can apply to spirit-filled people, like you're mentioning, having other believers there beside you, walking alongside you, so that you can learn to keep in step with them, and as y'all together stay conformed to the Holy Spirit. So I think that, that's important. It is, and like I was talking about a little bit earlier, it's uh, I, I think as I've grown, I've you begin to see there's kind of two sides in this in in this uh, portion of Galatians. You've got the tools of Satan and the tools of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, really, um, and. I think it talks about in verse 20 there uh, where it talks about a lot of the things that are of the flesh, that are of the world, um, however you want to put it. It's the tools of Satan, things like idolatry, sorcery, hostility, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Okay. There's all of this. I guess what I'm trying to say here is look out at the world and... You can see each one of these things starting to crop up more and more. And I don't know if that's because 
we're more aware of things because of technology. Or I don't know. It's also, I believe, that the world we're in and the country we're in is starting to take steps away from the truth. And I don't mean to make this like a political podcast at all, but you read these things and it just becomes incredibly real. Because you look at this, the first thing on here, idolatry. What does everybody have in their pocket and they're staring at all the time? Like, it took me a while to realize that, like, and I'm still bad about it. I think we all are. But I think for forever, that word idolatry, growing up in church, all that, I always thought of just like these golden Oscars. Carved images, yeah. You know, like big statues and what is idolatry? I don't, I don't, don't I don't bow down to gold figurines, you know, like that, but it's, it's really become evident to me that that's not just gold figurines. That's anything we're putting above God. Mm -hmm. And I think we all walked around, walk around with little golden figurines in our hand. Yeah. Bowing down to them all the time. And I, I and just all of this stuff, quarrel, you see, look at, turn, if you turn on the news for one time, you'll see 30-minute news section. You'll probably see every single one of these categories. Yeah. Every single one of them. And we're in the world. That's Satan. That's his toolbox. So why should we be surprised? Yeah. No, shouldn't, shouldn't be surprised and idols are everywhere um i challenge people college students especially out of love hey look at your screen time and then we look at their screen time and then we see okay average is about five hours a day for a week that's pretty typical pretty normal four or five hours somewhere around there and we look at why how much of that is spent here how much of that is on instagram how much is tiktok how much is youtube shorts Things like that, and we talk a little bit about it. Like, why is is that your priority? Because, you know, our age, we, we think we're busy. We think we're really, really busy. Everybody says that we're busy all the time. And it's all, it's, it's looked at upon as almost bad if you're not busy. Yeah, you're, you're supposed to be. Um, there's a book that I haven't read, but I've heard about. It's called the the ruthless elimination of hurry, and I, I want to read it because it's kind of battling these ideas. But anyway, the the principle is something I believe so strongly is that you make time for what's important to you. I I strongly believe in that because people will say I don't really have time to do things. I don't have time to to just put everything aside and read the Bible and pray. I said, yeah, you do. You make time what's important to you so maybe that's less instagram or cutting it out entirely maybe it's bringing that screen time down because that's your idol that's where you're spending your time too and that's a good way to identify idols what do you spend your time and your attention what is that regularly focused on and whatever that is often that's an idol in your life if it's not god yeah and it's it's like it's we're all walking around with these little golden figurines and they're right there in front of our face. And like you said, very good point. I mean, what are the two things you value most in this world that are worldly 
concepts and things. There's two things that we all value the most. Number one is time. Yes. We value our time and what we do with it. And time itself can be an idol. Yeah. Right. (laughs) And what does God want? He wants time with you. Yeah. That's number one. He wants time with you. That's the thing we value the most, though. So it's the hardest sometimes for a lot of people to separate. What's the second thing that we value most? Money, right? Yeah. And God, it's not your money. He says, it's not your money, it's mine. It had to be that way, though. In a, in a, this is a weird way to put it, but it had to be that way. Because God is showing you how much more He is exactly. than the two most valuable things. Think about it. God is a is above time. I have a hard time grasping that concept. <laughs> yeah, I, I still do. He is above time. He can be present in many moments at the same time, quote unquote. Yeah, yeah. He's in tomorrow, but he's still in yesterday. Mm-hmm. He's like everywhere. It's like time is if you drew. If you wrote the word time down on a sheet of paper, then circled it, he's all around it. Yeah, he is the paper. <laughs> yeah, it's just, that blows my, that illustration there blows my mind. Yeah. So he is time, and he is everything that was ever created. So he is your money. That It's just a, it's, it's a wild concept. All, all of that is crazy to me, but it has to yeah. be that way. And what's fascinating is, you know, it was popular i guess it might still be but it was a while back the five love languages the different yeah, ways you can i believe love. we had to do that when we first got married ah and don't quiz me on each other's love languages i have no <laughs> idea sure you've forgotten <laughs> but i remember i know two of them are those things like quality time spending quality time with somebody it means sacrificing your time to spend it with somebody else that's a way of showing love and also there's gifts. That's one. It's spending money and resources for somebody else. Those are two huge expressions of love. And we can show that love for God. Think about that. Try to think of the five love languages as ways we can sh- express love for God. But the kind God of is those think. love languages all at the same time. Yeah. That's what blows your mind. He's not like, well, I, I really like... My number one love language is when you give <laughs> yeah. me like this big yeah. fat check. Yeah. No, he's got like you want he wants all of them. Yeah. He wants all of you. He doesn't just want Oh, well I spend a lot of time with him. You know, I I spend a lot of time in prayer, but I don't give anything at church. No, he he wants he wants both. All of it. Cuz it's his to begin with. And that's the that's the wartime mindset. So in these verses, you see it's essentially a war between the flesh and the spirit. Like They are opposed to each other. They are completely opposite. They're essentially at war. And the wartime mindset means everything gets used for war. Like I was doing some research. So in World War II, rationing became what you just did in America. Like, everybody was rationing things. You would ration your food, uh, gas or clothing, things like that. Uh, They would pick up 
like scrap metal and even tin cans and stuff like that to be collected and recycled and ultimately used for the war. And everybody even got rationing books. Like it would have stamps in it. And you had to, like when you went to go buy groceries, you had to turn in rationing stamps as well uh, in order to get it because there was a limited supply of everything because everything and everyone was fully devoted to the war, to the war effort. And that's kind of the idea that we're supposed to have when fighting for God and fighting against the things of the flesh, like it's talking about here. It definitely is a wartime uh, mentality that we're supposed to imitate. And those people were not guaranteed a win in World War II. No. You know, we take that for granted. You know, we have the best military in the world. They were just automatically going to win. There were people being sent in... I bet there's about everybody, everybody that's listening probably knows somebody that fought in that war. Somebody in their family or friend, everybody knows somebody. Yeah. They're all, their lives were at risk. But they weren't guaranteed to come home. They weren't guaranteed to win. But here's my point with that. Um, we, we read the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Okay, if you were told... If you fight my war, if you mm-hmm. fight the war for the Holy Spirit, I'm going to give you this. I'm yeah. guaranteeing it. Yeah. That's what I'm going to give you. Would you not take that deal? Or you can take the p- paragraph above. You know, if you choose to just sit back, you can sit in your recliner. You don't have to fight the war. It's comfortable. It's comfortable. You don't have to go to war. We won't ship you overseas. You can sit right here in this comfy recliner as i look at the most comfy recliner i've ever sat in in my life by the way yeah (laughs) you can sit right there play your video games eat some popcorn be comfortable and never have to fight at all but you're just going to get those things above yeah you're going to have you're going to you're going to be a little bit comfortable but all this other stuff's going to come about from it yeah and what if the way we fight and the way we fight for God is through verses 22 and 23. It's through love and it's through joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. What if that's how we fight? It's so counterintuitive because when you think about fighting, I think about, yeah, we're about to knock somebody out, Jack, but that's never God's intention. Instead, we fight so paradoxically with love. That's how you fight. Kill them with kindness, as they say. That's on here. That's on the list. That's how we fight. But I think the key is what we've been talking about, how everything gets devoted for the wartime effort. There's a curious verse in Joel that I came across and was fascinated by, It's Joel 3, verse 10, and it's talking about a time uh, when Israel is going to go and fight, when they're going to all have to be devoted to the fight. And it says, Beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weak say, I am a warrior. So these are gardening tools. Your, Your plows and your pruning hooks 
it says you have to the, beat your gardening tools into swords and spears because everything gets used for the war. It's the same thing they did in World War II. Uh, it's the same thing they did all the time. Everything became part of the fight. But then, a few books later, in the book of Micah, chapter 4, verse 3, this is prophesying essentially to heaven and to restoration. After the battle has been fought, this is what it says. He shall judge between many peoples and shall decide for strong nations far away. And here's what it says. And they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. So you were once devoting everything that was just to be used for gardening, turning it into implements of war. And now there will come a day, Micah was prophesying, when now those weapons of war are going to be turned back into gardening instruments. Peace is going to come. There will be a day when everything is redeemed, everything is restored, and that wartime mindset will be unnecessary. That, will, that day will indeed come, and original creation will be restored. And you know what's even crazier? So I, I, my mind was already blown reading all that stuff. What's even crazier is that at the very beginning, in early Genesis, in the Garden of Eden, it said, God says that he made mankind to work the ground and to tend the garden. That was the original plan. We screwed it up by warring against each other, and then all of a sudden these implements that were to be used for gardening have to turn into swords and spears, but God will one day bring restoration, and those things will be turned back into plowshares and pruning hooks, things for the garden, and war will be no more. Leave it to us to mess things up. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's the story yeah. I just got out of all of that. Uh, uh, it, it is. It's a very. That's a. That's a crazy. I've never heard that illustration where it goes all the way back and you know. Yeah, it was wild. from the very beginning to literally the very end. Yeah, or not the end, but eternity. You know what I mean by that? The beginning of the end, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the beginning of forever. Yeah. <laughs> Which is not a time. <laughs> so, yeah, that that's a really neat illustration. But I, I think it's just really easy. Our natural desire is when somebody... Remember, the world is going to do dumb things to us as Christians. They're going to throw weapons of war at us. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's so natural. What is? What do we want to? How do we want to react to that? Throw the swords right back. Exactly. <laughs> but we're called to not do that. That's what's so hard. Um, yeah. For me to to comprehend, and it's I think it's hard for all of us to implement. Yeah. Um, if you get punched in the face, then you're going to want to turn around and probably punch them back. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's just it's a hard concept to to fully grasp and to fully put into practice exactly but that's that's the whole thing we we can't do it on our own if we're left up to if we're left up to us we we don't we don't we don't stand a shot (laughs) that's the thing we don't we don't stand a shot Mm -hmm. and instead jesus you know like what you mentioned jesus says turn the other cheek if they strike you that's what you do 
again, it's paradoxical and it's things that are not natural, nor should they be natural for the flesh. But as they, as Paul points out in verse 24 here, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. It's crucified. It's a long process. We've talked about it earlier. That's It's a long, painful yeah. death. So it doesn't happen. Don't be discouraged. If you're just now becoming a Christian, don't be discouraged that you have not, it doesn't feel like you've completely anew yet. Exactly. I mean, because we will never really on this earth feel like I am completely brand new and perfect. We're not going to get to that point because we're, we're still here. Mm-hmm. But there will come a day. There will come a day. And that's where your joy and your peace and everything comes exactly. from. Exactly. Exactly. We have that wartime mentality where we devote everything to Jesus right now. And we're willing to fight, and I think fight paradoxically with love and joy. We, we live in that mindset today with the recognition that one day all of that war will be no more and everything will be made right. Everything is going to come to restoration and we'll be, we'll be back in the garden. That's why you like gardening so much, huh? That's it. That's I have biblical reasons for all these plants in this <laughs> house. You know, verse 25, yeah. too, just kind of sticks out to me. And it, just since we're living by the Spirit, so now that we've come to know Christ, mm-hmm. we're living by the Spirit. Let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our life. Yeah. I think that is that's so uh, profound. It's not just little parts of our life. It's not just the parts of our life that we choose to let him mm-hmm. the spirit lead it's not it's not just pick and choose what i you know i still like that so i'm going to keep doing it it's not really hurting anybody it literally says let us follow the spirit let him lead to get all this stuff we've got to let him lead in every single part of our life yeah and think about it, if you itemized it's tax season right <laughs> if you were to itemize everything in your life are we really interjecting the Holy Spirit into all of those items? Yeah. I think that's that's a that's a pretty convicting question if you really sit down and look at it. Yeah, are you compartmentalizing and you have your Jesus department of your life or is he the part of everything? Do you give everything to him? I think I think it was Lewis who says that nothing you don't kill will ever be resurrected. Nothing in your life that you don't kill and give to Jesus will ever be resurrected. The only way resurrection can ever happen is if there is death. That's the way it works. And that's exactly what we do with the flesh. It's been crucified. So we live like it. We give everything to Him. Let the Holy Spirit come in, fill us completely, and keep in step with Him. And with that... I will pray for us. Heavenly Father, we thank you again for your word. Thank you for the depths of it. God, I pray that we would continue to seek it out, continue to dive deeper. And I pray for the audience, everybody listening, that that would be imitated, that we would pour into your word, get to know who you are. And God, I pray for the Holy Spirit to come in Fill us completely, God, as we give everything 
that we have everything that we are to you. Pray that you would come in and change every part of us. Give us that fruit, God. Let it be obvious, let it shine before others so that they may see our good works and glorify you in the midst of it all. God, I pray that we would have that wartime mindset, looking forward to the day when restoration will come and everything will be made new again. We thank you for all these things. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, my prayer is that this would be an encouragement and a motivator for you to practically live according to the Spirit. Prioritize Him, learn from Him, and devote everything to Him in that wartime mentality that we've been talking about. Make sure you share the podcast with the people who are around you so that we can keep it growing. And also, we'd love to hear from you, so feel free to email us and reach out at the link down in the description below. Next week, we have Micah Geiki on the podcast. He's a freshman college student. I've gotten the honor, the privilege to know these past few months, and I'm really excited to talk with him and get his perspective on all sorts of things. You'll hear from us next week. Until then, shalom. Shalom.